But I got some partners with doctors. Yeah. I got some partners in politics. Yeah. And I'm BAD. I'm about a dollar. Yeah. I'm about a, I'm about a dollar. Yeah. Word. I'm about, I'm about a dollar. Yeah. I'm shopping. I'm about a dollar. Yeah. I'm about, I'm about a dollar. Word. I'm shopping. I'm about a dollar. Dollar. Y'all know that I'm about a dollar. Dollar. I'm about, I'm about a dollar. Dollar. Yeah. I know you. I'm about a dollar. Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. This is the What's Next podcast, Houston's number one platform, where I invite creators to share their journeys and give us a depiction of their visions. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? John Ross Dyke the First, founder of Still Visionary Inc. and creator of the What's Next podcast, dropping every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Walk with us. Yo, I feel like 95. Sachi on my body. Biggie Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Or wherever you're listening from. Welcome back to episode 117 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary Inc. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was looking, I was looking on my YouTube channel and I'm looking at the playlist Uh and it's been two years. Man. Two years. I'm setting healthy boundaries. Pardon me. Two years since we were on the podcast together. Episode five. That's crazy. Amazing you occasions. Come, you have come such a long way. <laughs> here it goes right long. here. <laughs> um, man, I appreciate it for you opening up your crib again. Absolutely. Um, to be sitting here next to one of my very first friends at U of H. Yes, my brother. You've come a long way. You have come a long <laughs> way. You talking about me? Oh my God. The brother that I have known the longest. Yes, sir. Yes, like that's me. That's me. That's me. Before we get started with the episode, let's introduce our social media handles okay. um, so we don't disrupt the flow of the conversation when we get to that point. No problem. So I am on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Ashley, A S H L E Y, the number four, Odom, O D O M. And also, you can follow me at Amazing Occasions, O-M-A-Z-I-N-G, Occasions, plural. And yeah, that's where I am for Facebook and Instagram. Okay. And uh, my name is... John Ross Dyke I, founder of Still Visionary Inc. and creator of the What's Next podcast, dropping every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke and still underscore visionary. See, also, the What's known. Next pod underscore... If I would have known I could have a voiceover, <laughs> I might have had one ready, but did not. So. <laughs> if you would, connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my fan page on Facebook, and visit my website at stillvisionary.com. Directly in front of you, I have all the paraphernalia that I sell on my website, Very my nice. website, uh, the trunk of my car, and on this podcast, and you can shop stillvisionary.com slash merch. Wherever you will purchase, we will sell. Mm-hmm. I'll meet nice. you halfway. All right. I'll meet okay. you halfway. You can meet outside of 288. Mm-hmm. 288, no way hey, <laughs> Make it work. <laughs> Shouts to my uh, student, Dawkin Hasma, for the voiceover. Very, very nice job. Hasma. He just graduated, so... Uh, congrats to him. Class congrats to you, man. Um, thank you so much for the voiceover. 
Listen, Ash, man, um, it's been a long time since we sat next to each other and talked. Absolutely. The last time we were on the podcast, uh, you were speaking about um, the uh, black. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, a lot been has changed. Long. There was the unapologetically. Mm. Uh, the foundation. Yeah, I was talking about Thurgood Marshall College Fund. Mm-hmm. That's where I still work. Mm hmm. Have made some moves, mm-hmm. still working in that capacity. We could talk about that. Right. And I was talking about the um, UBG blocks, mm-hmm. unapologetically black and gifted. I can't remember what I called it. It actually didn't do what I hoped it would do, mm-hmm. which was cool. Mm-hmm. But I've taken a new route mm-hmm. because, like you say, creatives are always figuring out a way to get to the next thing and so that it was a journey it was something to learn from and i actually have someone that's going to pick that up Mm -hmm. so it's like it's not going to be completely dead but i have found success in some other areas since we met two years ago i've Mm -hmm. expanded amazing occasions and Mm -hmm. been hella busy the mm-hmm. pandemic last year was my most profitable year for right, sure. Right. And now I have a new venture. I can say that I am a author. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Round of applause. Yeah, pat, pat on the back for myself. <laughs> that was some work. But I don't um, want to talk about it. So how you doing? I'm good. I'm blessed. I really am at a good point. Work is busy. The side business is busy. Life is good and i'm happy and i really i'm i'm actually really really good how are you i'm doing great man um uh i found a way today to say hey i don't feel like i I was gonna call you and say hey can we can we push it to another day Mm -hmm. because i thought that you know this morning i was a little sick then i went and got a covid test and it came back negative so i said thank god yes i I can i can go podcast today So, um, um, just trying to get back to being consistent with the podcast, yeah. okay. dropping every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. John Ross Dyke, the first so, founder of Still Visionary Inc. and creator of the What's Next podcast, dropping every Tuesday every at 6, Tuesday, 6, 6 p.m. Central, Central Standard, Standard Time. Better have them drops ready. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to get back to that point. So, I'm really good um, in summer school. Okay. So, it's been draining being an yeah. educator. Yeah. It's draining. This year, because you know, with my full-time job I work with teachers and aspiring teachers from our public HBCUs this year has been the year of grace Mm. like it's been tough for everyone and like when we were preparing them last summer we were just like we don't know what you're about to walk into so they've made it through the year thank god but everybody that was a teacher this year whether you were virtual in person and having to have like the PPE and stuff or hybrid whatever like congrats on making it i actually did a video um before school started actually it wasn't a video i did a flip grid and i asked different educators that were experienced to provide some words of wisdom because i know being a first year teacher this past year for the pandemic with the pandemic going on i can only imagine what they were walking into you know it's scary your first year teaching Mm -hmm. what year are you six okay so you're six so i started in education in 07 Mm -hmm. so i've worked in education in some aspect this would be year 14 Mm -hmm. i couldn't imagine being a teacher this year Mm -hmm. like you know the kids get on your nerves because you get tired of them but then when they're not there it's like man i wish i had my kids here because i Mm -hmm. had everything virtual and so i i said this year that this was my worst year because of the virtual aspect, because 
Um, I'm used to being able, at the end of the year, sitting on kids, I need you to do this. I need it yeah. done. And, you know, um, it was a requirement for kids to have their cameras on and yeah. actively participate in classes, but they didn't do that. Well, you got to consider, too, you're wanting students to have their cameras on, but it's different when you have a child in person at a campus mm. compared to I'm at home and you want me to have my camera on. You don't know what home looks like. Right. Home may have conditions where I don't need to have my camera on. It might be a lot of stuff going on in the background where you don't need to see that necessarily. I mean, because, you know, we as educators, when kids come to school, many of them, that's their safe place. Mm. Away from yeah, yeah, away from whatever is going on at home. You know, we deal with them during the school day. But when they're home all day, there's no telling what's going on in the background. So I know right. I, I know some of my teachers with um, TQRP, they had mentioned that um, it wasn't required for students to have the, t- the you know, computer on. And, you know, I can be on, like, we all been on Zooms. I've been on plenty of Zooms where my mic, my camera is off. Mm. Now, I'm talking. <laughs> I'm, I'm very active. You don't need to see my face because I might have, you know, pajamas on. But I'm actively, you know, participating. Right. But, you know, of course, when you know. But it's kids and, you know. Their situations at home, they have no control over that. Right. But it's home. Right. You're saying, oh, I have to have my camera on. So, but I did hear a lot of people didn't have as much active participation. Yeah. Kids not logging on. Right. But when you think about that, you got to think about, do they have Wi-Fi? Right. Do they have bandwidth? I know right. here at my house, the Wi-Fi has been stupid during pandemic because everybody's at home online. Mm-hmm. And like my stuff slowed down, got it updated. Then we start having power outages. I'm mm. just like, dang. Mm. Mm. I'm thankful for the pandemic. And, and, you know, this is, I was able to push through on the podcast on it. Mm-hmm. I was able to move into my first home, with my wife. Congratulations. You know what I'm saying? So um, the pandemic, you know, it was, for some, it was, it was tough for a lot of kids. I know yeah. personally mm-hmm. for me, I benefited from it in, in ways that I can't even begin to thank God for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's just been, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. 2021. Absolutely. It was Juneteenth. Exactly. <laughs> Amen for that. Now everybody know the importance of Juneteenth, whether they made it federal or not. I made literally last year, so me and you both have cutting mm-hmm. machines. Mm-hmm. So last year, everybody realized what Juneteenth was because right. George Floyd and everything that happened to people like we need to, you know. And so last year I made over 200 Juneteenth shirts. Mm. And I, like, I, I, I grind my butt off. I put it out there. People just kept buying and buying and buying. And this year I didn't do any, but everybody has their shirts from last year because Juneteenth doesn't change. It's mm-hmm. every year. But for me, the pandemic, it definitely was a blessing. It was a opportunity to be still. Right. Because I had just been on the move so much and to be comfortable with being in the house. Right. Because now that outside is open, it is expensive outside. Right. It is expensive. Like, I was like, oh, I'm going to get back on this couch. <laughs> I'm swiping too much, but you know. But I, I, I like my. I think I, I used to be a homebody before I came to college, and then became an adult homeowner and was outside a little more. But I mm. think it allowed me to be able to appreciate rest because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's just hey, be at the house, do some work, watch TV. I don't watch so many series on Netflix, right? And I, but I needed that because I was always moving, right? Doing something, so it was a blessing and. It was it was it was definitely a profitable year for me. Amazing right. occasions and just as a whole, I learned a lot about myself. Right. So. Right. It was good. Um, speaking on learning about yourself, if you could define yourself in one word, what would that word be? 
creative. Mm. I just feel like it's appropriate, particularly when it's something that I am, that's, you know, within my wheelhouse. If I, I would say creative, or I would say, I don't want to say perfectionist, Mm. but in a way it's a blessing and a curse. Right. If it's something that I'm really good at, I'm going to continue to work on that craft until it's the best that it can be. But you also have to realize that nothing is perfect. Right. So it makes me, I'm harder on myself at times because I don't feel like it's perfect yet. Even though perfect is something that you're just chasing after because it's not, Mm -hmm. nothing's perfect. Right. So, but more so creative. Creative. Mm -hmm. You, um, last time we talked, Amazing Occasions was uh, in the beginning stages. Mm, No, actually, I, Amazing Occasions officially with that name, I've been um, an entrepreneur in that aspect with my business since 2013. Right. In 2019, when we last met, I was pretty, pretty settled, but I was expanding, trying to do some new. But Amazing Occasions officially, I made the first thing that I really made under Amazing Occasions was my chocolate covered Oreos mm-hmm. and the chocolate covered Oreos just turned six years old with me a couple of months ago. Right. So I've been doing these slanging cookies for mm-hmm. about six years. And now sugar cookies have been added to that rice, crispy treats, pretzels, strawberries when they're in season. I do shirts, I do bags, I'll do mugs. I'll do, you know, water bottles and all this right. stuff or whatever. So with the book, I wanted to talk about side hustling. Because mm. I love my job. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have another, um, you know, side business with the intent to quit their full time and be a full out. That's I just do my business. I love my job. Right. I don't want to leave my job. So you're talking about the, the teaching job. Well, with Thurgood Marshall College Fund, I'm right, a senior sure. program right, director. Right, right, right. And so with that, I work with our teacher quality and retention program. So I help recruit and retain black educators in our schools because there's Mm -hmm. definitely lacking. Mm -hmm. But now I also am a program director with a, um, we have a program with Mondelez. It's actually a scholarship. So with that, we recruit incoming freshmen. So high school seniors and provide them a scholarship, $9,000 for four years at Mm. their universities. So I'm the lead of that as well. So that's, Ashley from eight o'clock in the morning till five mm-hmm. from five till eight o'clock the next morning. It's amazing occasions right. and on the weekends. Right. So, but I love both. So, Hey, it's that perfectionist in me. I got to grind and be as close as I can be to perfect on one. And then in the evening I do the same thing. Like I literally got cookies to do tonight. Do you, are you, bags. you think, you think you'll ever leave Thurgood Marshall? That's not the plan. I literally love what I do. Mm. I've been with TMCF since 2014. I started off as a consultant. Mm -hmm. So we would have our program in the summer and I would be just a consultant for the duration of the summer, 14, 15, 16, 17. And each year I'd be like, if y'all got something full time, come up. Cause I was a teacher. I was a um, professional development specialist. So I traveled all over the country, which was, you know, I enjoyed it, but the travel got tiring. I was more used to sleeping in a hotel room than my own bed. When it's to that point, it's like, yo, I'm tired. I need to sleep when I'm home, and I couldn't even sleep. So when a full-time opportunity came, I took it. So May, I just made three years full-time at TMCF. Love my job, black excellence. Like, Because with our, we have a small team, but we have probably about 
95 percent mm-hmm. people that look like us right. so i'm just like yo we're helping students and alumni from the 47 publicly funded hbcus every single day scholarships programs preparing them for the workforce making sure they understand what it's like to be a person of color in these workspaces and stuff like with the teachers making sure that they have the support they need because a lot of them don't have enough like they might go to a pd and this doesn't apply to me or i'm the one of the few people in my school that is a person of color. Right. You know how we are. You know, you connect more with those that look like you. So that network allows them to be able to connect because when they get back to their campuses, they might not have that. They might be in a majority white or Hispanic, you know, district. Okay, so you're going to do your job, but you also want to have others that look like you that will right. allow you to be able to do your job, you know, at another level. So but right. no, I don't plan on leaving TMCF. Um, I want to do things a little differently today. Okay. Um. I'm going to save the meat and potatoes for the latter part of the episode. I want you to tell me what you think about a couple of records that I'm going to play for you. Okay. People that look like us. Okay. This is a platform where I bring creatives out, um, get inside their mind, why they did what they did, and we're going to get into that book. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on that book again. Thank you, brother. I want to get a couple of you know shenanigans out the way. Okay. This is my man, Echo Remix. Uh... This is record not like this. Uh, we had an episode. Episode one fifteen was about it. Want to get what you think about this record for a few minutes, and then I, this other record, and we'll get right back into the podcast. Okay. Houston, Texas this is my man Echo Remix. Not like this. Let's go. I learned a lot from you, baby, and I just want you to know. I learned to put myself first. That's the way it's gotta go. My life, my turn. Never sacrifice mm. my peace, my worth. Never compromise. Never could I imagine mm. I would lose myself in the heat of passion. That's not like you. Not like this, are Now, <laughs> this new one. This one. No. This is uh Christina Denae. Um just friends off the these days life, love and lessons. Two independent artists that I'm really rocking with. John Ross Dyke first, founder of Still Visionary and Dan Creative of What's Next Podcast, dropping every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Is she from Houston, I think. I don't know. Just a couple of samples snippets mm-hmm. um what do you think about them records i like the first one was a uh, groove like mm-hmm. i can see myself really have it going in the background mm-hmm. whenever i'm you know working or whatnot mm-hmm. hers a lot more i like the up tempo but you know that <laughs> i love bass so. <laughs> yeah i just wanted to uh put a some more spotlight on people that are trying to get it like us absolutely right so um if any way i could 
insert that into an episode. I would like to do that more for people. I'm sure they appreciate that. Habakkuk 2, 2 and 3 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. You do what you do for yourself to prove you can do it for others. Even though the year of perfect vision needed corrective lenses, your vision was never out of focus. You remained still. You remained determined. Kobe said, The Mamba mentality is the attention to detail and the level of commitment. Run your race because you got time. Keep the momentum. Believe in your story, a creative story. Remember, never stay comfortable while trusting the process. Be innovative in your 720 hours. There will be stumbling blocks. You just keep pushing. Most importantly, what's next? Continue to drop. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday? Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. No doubt. So, listen, man, you... um. Um, I came here today to talk to you specifically about your new creation, right? Yes. This book, right? My baby. Um, One of my babies, but yes. Um, amazing occasions. Mm-hmm. You're an educator, somewhat mm-hmm. during the daytime. Amazing occasions from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. the next day, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think people should take from um, the new book that you have out, according to? Uh, so you your side hustle, mm-hmm. and then you have amazing occasions, uh, amazing occasions, and then you're a part of the um, TMC. I keep TMCF. TMCF. Mm-hmm. What do you think people should take in terms of now this side hustle aspect of your book that you dropped? Well, one thing is I work constantly. So with writing a book, I was like, I need to find a way to make passive income, mm. something where I can make money in my sleep. Mm. Because with amazing occasions. I'm baking, I'm, you know, prepping, I'm, you know, it's a lot of different components. I was like, I work hard and I love what I do, but of course, as a hustler, you want to, you know, you mm-hmm. got another avenue to make money to do so. And I know a lot of people who have started a business, side business, and it's like you see money and you just, you know, ooh, I can make this, so I'm going to go. But then you look up and you're burnt out, you're tired, and I feel like there are certain pitfalls that you can avoid along the way. So with my ebook, and it is an ebook, so I'm like, you know mm-hmm. me. I of course I do have actual books, but for me, just to have something on my phone when I'm in. Well, I'm not gonna say in traffic, but if I'm, you know, got a break, lunch break, and I could just flip through and read a couple pages, no more than fifty. I just want to make sure that people do some things foundationally before they just make that leap. Because mm-hmm. I've seen some people. They leap, and then six months down the line, they're tired. I'm just like, no, you can't can't be tired that fast because the money going to run out. Or your quality of product will be trash. Mm -hmm. And then that makes you lose customers and things of that nature. So just to kind of talk about in the startup process, the hope is to have a follow-up where it's like, okay, now you're established. Let's talk about what those next steps are. So the hope is that it will be a series of books. But this is just talking about the side hustler's guide to startup success. So before you take that leap, let's consider these things. Because some people might not have time for a side hustle. Right. Or you, you know, you take on too many orders or, you know, you 
say you're going to do whatever service and then you're like overbooked and then it's like, okay, customers are surf- suffering because you really don't have time for that. So mm-hmm. just to you know, get that foundation. So um, let's, let's, let's go back to the beginning of it. Right. Okay. Um, the book came from what for you? For me, honestly, I have a couple of people who they know I've been doing amazing occasions for a while hey, I think I want to, you know, start a business. I had someone saying they wanted to make treats like myself. And I'm the type, I can't make treats for everybody. Right. It's, it's, it's too much work out here. I can't do it all for everybody. So they would ask for advice. So I've given out advice over the years plenty of times. And then I know someone who just kind of leaped in. And for me, I felt like there were certain, from what I could see from the outside, I felt like there were certain steps that they took where I was like, I feel like they, if they should maybe like slow it down a little bit in the long run, they would have more, you know, it'll be more, you know, profitable for them. But I'm like, I can't tell people what to do, but Mm -hmm. I can give advice. And you can't necessarily just, you know, impose your advice on people. But I'm Mm -hmm. like, if I put it in a book, if they purchase it, then they're willing to get that advice instead of me just imposing, telling somebody how they should do something. Because I want, you know, everybody's grown. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But I can advise you on how I might would do something just so you can avoid some pitfalls that I had along the way. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm just trying to help people. Right. Just from stuff that I've experienced and be able to help them maybe avoid a lot of that. Give me give me your um the couple a couple of the worst experiences that you've had during amazing occasions. So, for example, certain times of the year for me are crazy busy. Mm-hmm. May is always just miserable because one is my birthday month. So I Mm -hmm. kick off the month being busy. Mm -hmm. I have mother's day. I have college graduations. I have high school graduations and I have Memorial day Mm. and you're kicking off summer and you have teacher appreciation month and And you have school dismissing, you know, so, and people are kicking off, you know, and I don't know why, but for some reason, when it comes to particularly graduations, parents don't realize that, they won't treats until like the week before graduation. And I had a really hard time telling people no, because I know you want to celebrate your graduate. It's a very momentous time. And you just really want to make sure that you, you know, do all this for your graduate. So I would hate to tell people no. So I wouldn't. Mm. So they would get their treats and they would be as fantastic as I could make them, but I would be worn out because mm-hmm. I didn't say no. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I talk about in the ebook is, you know, you have the power to say no. You should get acclimated with your schedule so that you know when you're overbooking yourself. Because you don't want to overbook yourself because one, if you're not good, then that's not going to trickle into the product or services that you provide. And two, you don't want the um, the quality of what you give and you also don't want to be inconsistent with your customers and they suffer because you're doing too much. Right. So I just really just overbooking and not saying no has definitely been a pitfall for me at times. Now, if I know, like for example, for Christmas and well, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I did cocoa bombs, mm-hmm. which was a new thing. It literally, I was talking about wanting to do it. And I was like, I'm a wait, I'm a wait. And I kind of put it out there and I mentioned it. People, when are you going to do the cocoa? And I was like, I knew when I started, it was going to take off. When I finally started it, it was when I tell you from October to December, I was so tired, like leading up to Christmas because I did so many people were ordering them 
by the dozen. And I literally was taking orders every single week. I knew it was going to be crazy. So mentally I was ready. I knew it's going to be some, you know, a little bit of sleep, but I'm a grind till the wheels fall off. And they just about fell off because I was tired when Christmas got there, but I knew, and I prepared myself. I knew you're going to have some very late nights and very early mornings. So that was straight. But when I don't anticipate that, and then I look up and you got three orders that are due in three days Mm. and you got to get them done. Okay. Now you got to adjust. And then sometimes work can be busy. So like right now, I'm on a break from Amazing Occasions until after um, July because work is just crazy. And I'm just like, mm. nope, so that I don't mess up my full time, my salary job. Right. I just have to put that on the back burner. But you have the control to do that when you have your own business. Right. So that means that the Amazing Occasion money might be a little slim right now, but that's cool because I am grinding with this other. And just being able to find that balance because some people, they just want to chase the money, but then your quality of life is... Mm. poor so so is 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 the um the book a hustle to the hustle for you yeah it is okay it is so now that amazing occasions is is lower you're mm-hmm. hoping to bring more income from yes, the book okay. absolutely absolutely okay. i have a goal in my, and i don't want to say my goal but i actually my goal when i made the book was okay if i sell so many copies that's my goal and so i'm actually above half my goal so okay. I'm, I'm i'm happy with that i'm cool plus the book won't go away. Right. So it could be selling now. It could be selling at the end of the year. It could sell next year. But I definitely, I decided, I think it was like the end of January. Well, in January, I knew I wanted to do something to make additional income. Just income in my sleep. A lot of people that make treats like myself, they do videos and classes. And I, I just didn't want to do the same thing. Not to knock anybody who does. But I had some friends who were like, well, why don't you? I mean, they're doing, and I'm just like, I just, I don't want to do that. Right. Like, I just didn't want to. So I did some research and I saw some of my ebooks and I was like, what's an ebook that I don't know anybody to have created? And I was like, well, what am I good at? I'm good at tree making. I've been doing this for so much time. And so when I had the idea in my mind, took my phone out, made an outline. And so I really started the work in like February. And then we released on June 15th. Mm. At first I was going to give it a date. Um, I wanted to have it done by my birthday, but then I was talking to my thought partner. I was like, he was like, no, don't rush it. Just when it's right, you'll know. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? That's true. Because then I'm putting pressure on myself and I just took my time with it. And when it was complete, I was like, yo, let's do it. And so I did June 15th, which is important to me because that's my best friend's birthday. Mm -hmm. And also, which this might be weird. You know, I'm I'm former math teacher, so I'm a numbers person. So that was six. 15, 21, mm. six plus 15 equals 21. Okay. I'm like, Oh, these okay. numbers align. So I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, that might be corny, but Hey, it made sense. So, and for me, I did pre-sales and the pre-sales were really well. And then, you know, so, but I am more than halfway to my goal, what I had in my mind, but definitely excited about getting reviews and feedback. And then eventually my mind will click over to, okay, what will the part two be now that mm. the, you're out the startup phase? What should be next? Right. Yeah, so um, what's next? Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about the book is it seems like there it's questions that you asked of yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. That you wrote down. You said, okay, this is what I think. And you use your experiences to kind of narrate. You Absolutely. Through. Talk me through that, that aspect of it. Absolutely. I tried to think about, okay, like the first question I ask is, 
you know, what is a hot side hustle? Do you, tr- once you know what a side hustle is, do you truly have time for one? So I have mm. like a worksheet in there and I ask, okay, look at how much time you have in a week and truly map out how much time do you spend working? How much time do you spend with schoolwork? Do you have children or, you know, family that you have to attend to and things of that nature? Like seriously, make sure this is what you can do. Mm-hmm. And I really talked about like eventually I talked about once you figure out what it is you want to do for me, like I said, the word I describe myself as is creative. So somebody was one of my, um, my nieces, my niece and nephew's mother. I think I say my sister in love. She actually was going to make a diaper cake for her sister. And she was like, Oh, you want to help me with this diaper cake? Got in there and was messing with it. And it was like, Oh wow. And I was always been real crafty. And I was like, I could do this and I mm. can make some money off of it. Mm. So, I talk about different things, for example, even when you talk about like naming your business and things of that nature. And I give examples on how I experience or what I experienced in that process to make it more lifelike. And so I just try to make it, I like real world examples, you know, with being the teacher, mm. we always have to be able to apply things to the real world. So mm. I was like, it isn't like I'm making stuff up. I'm actually telling you literally what happened and how I went about doing it. Right. Hoping that it'll be, you know, a nugget or a gem that someone else can pick up. I have this concept that I've been wrestling with for, I would say, a week now. And it's the concept of the front yard dog versus the backyard dog. Expand on that. So I was talking about this in episode 116 of my podcast. I was talking to um, a colleague of mine, pardon me. And he said that there are two types of dogs in this world. There's the front yard dog and the backyard dog. And the way I'll generalize it to you is there's a dog that you see doing the work that you don't see doing the work. And there's a dog that you see somewhat kind of showing like they're doing the work, but you just, mm-hmm. you just see them. You don't see how active they are. Yeah. They look nice to look at. They look like they're all put together, mm-hmm. but there's no substance behind it. Mm-hmm. Then you have the backyard dog who you don't see grinding grind and it all relates to getting to the next level and becoming the the cream of the crop and whatever you profess to do mm-hmm. which one of those do you consider yourself i think with my business i think i have to be a little bit of both mm. because it's just me i even talk about that in the book you know some people have partners for me i have to be the face of my business so i have right. to be what you see but I don't think people realize how much I do. So you're not seeing the being up at, you know, two, three mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning to finish your order, knowing you have to work at eight o'clock the next day right? and be on, you know, a zoom or whatever with whomever. So I feel like I'm a little bit of both. I think you probably see the front yard dog more because I don't let people see how deep the grind is. Right. Like that's what gets messy. Right. Like the, you know, in the background, having to do an order, knowing you're exhausted and just mm-hmm. dog tired, but you got to give the best for your customers. Right. So I think I would play more. You're probably going to see the front yard dog more. And I'm not bringing on an assistant or anything because I'm just like, nope, I'm that per- that's that perfectionist. If it's wrong, it's on me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to worry about well, who messed it up. Was it me or was it? No, it was me. It was all me. Right. So, And I don't think people realize, like with treat makers, how much we do. Like when they're like, oh, well, you know, like a person like, oh, well, they're too expensive. Do you know all they go through mm. to get you that final product? They're probably not charging you enough. Right. Because you have to consider your time. 
You have to consider supplies. You got to consider having to go to the store to pick up supplies. Right. People have all different types of themes and colors, and you might want Tiffany blue. Guess what? You're not going to find Tiffany blue at the store. Right. I got to make Tiffany blue a reality for whatever your treats are and things right. of that nature. Right. So it's a lot of stuff in the background that people don't see. But, of course, you're going to see Ashley smiling, mm. wearing amazing occasions. Like, it's just, you know, yeah. like, like I just make it so easy. Yeah. They they do not. <laughs> Trust me. And I don't want to train anybody. I can't train somebody to have that dog in them like mm. me. Like, I'm going, I'm going to make sure it's right. Right. I can't, you can't, you can't train people to have work ethic. Right. So, me, I'm just like, no. And I know people that have partners and one is just grinding and the other one is, like, maybe more chill and those two can butt heads, and like for me, be like, no, you're, no, I'm got to fire you. I'm gonna let you go. I just gotta, I know I'm gonna do it right. Right. And it's just easier for me to do it than try to train somebody to be at the level as I am. So right. That's it. I I just think also too to add to that, sometimes you can't train somebody because they just don't have the open mindedness that yeah. you have, mm-hmm. and it's difficult. I I think I was I was um producing this podcast. And I said, I would love to have somebody come so that I can expand to mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. But are they going to see the room like I see the room? Yeah. Are they going to know this Tiffany blue like you see the yep. Tiffany blue? Mm-hmm. Are they going to be able to kind of like, all right, this doesn't go here or I can eyeball this or, okay, mm-hmm. I need more flour here yep. or I need more sugar here. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, sometimes your vision remains your vision. Absolutely. And that's the thing just for me. And I, I, I talk about it. I think that's like chapter, it's chapter two or three. I'm just like, for me, no. I just prefer to live. I can't, I don't see me, particularly with that, like the other word I said, perfectionist. I can't see me being able to teach somebody that. Right. Because it's just in me. Right. I can't teach you how to be on it like this. Right. Because then when you don't have it like that, and then I get aggravated, we're wasting time. Mm. Let me mm. just, you know. But that's, mm. but that's also a blessing and a curse because it's a blessing that I am a perfectionist like that, but it's a curse because it's all on me. Right. Always. But hey. Outside of the conclusion and introduction, you have 10 chapters, mm-hmm. um, 43 pages total. Mm-hmm. Why so short? I felt like I said everything that I needed to say in that amount. Now, mind you, it's a lot of content on mm-hmm. those pages because mm-hmm. I know when you get a book, you got to worry about how big fonts and things right. of that nature right. are. And I did the entire book by myself. Okay. I wrote everything out. I had an amazing editor. Shout out to Melody Gerard okay. who did all my editing for me. And then I did the formatting myself again, not wanting to pay somebody to put things in place and they not look like, I, cause I didn't know what the vision was. Right. I literally looked at multiple layouts and I just knew when I saw the one that I liked that that's what it was going to be. Cause I could have gave it to someone for them mm-hmm. to put it together. Mm-hmm. And then if I would have got it, I would have been like, no, nah, that's not it. They right. still would have got paid. And I'm like, right. nah, I just, it's, it's on me. Cause I could have rushed it, but I'm like, nope. Mm-mm. And so I really, whenever I write, and I've always, I was like this in school too. If I know what that particular chapter is supposed to be about, I'm going to write until I can't write anymore. Right. And my editor, she was great. Like she said, it was very well thought out. I got very good feedback from her and I was actually kind of shocked. I'm like, this is my first time writing since, ooh, since my master's. No, I know I wrote in my um, ed specialist degree, but I hadn't written like that just to be able to write about what, you know, felt good to me. 
But I had, you know, some revisions or whatnot, but I just wrote until I felt like that chapter, I said everything that needed to be said. Right. So. Which chapter do you believe will draw people um, to find themselves or see themselves in the book? I think, and I can't remember exactly which particular chapter, but I think whenever it comes down to the, um, like when it comes to like branding mm-hmm. and things of that nature, um, or no, I'll say it like this, when it comes down to the chapter that talks about ways to like put yourself out there, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people, they think about, oh, I'm going to make this money. For example, I remember... Um, I think it was Steve Harvey. He was talking about how he was talking about comed- uh, some comedians trying to make it. And he was saying how there were times where he had to do gigs that might have been out of town, had to drive so far, and they barely paid anything. Right. And the comedians were like, well, no, I mean, if I'm doing that, I'm spending money. I'm not making money. But it was a matter of getting exposure and getting yourself out there. For example, I talked about how whenever I did my first diaper cake, it was a homegirl, actually a sorrow of mine, and that's how I keep up with how old Amazing Occasions is. Well, my business is because his her son turned eight. That was the first diaper cake I did. I filled it up with all kind of stuff, and I just I didn't make no money off of that. I was like, I need people to see my product, and then that will bring others. Also, when it came to, like, the chocolate-covered Oreos, the first time I made them, and I talk about this also, I made them, and I had a sorority meeting the next day. So, you know, AKs, we love pink and green. Mm-hmm. Shout out to New Cap Omega chapter. <laughs> <laughs> because this is the thing. My sorors actually support me no matter what. Mm. I made pink Oreos. Mm. I put green ivy leaves on them. Mm-hmm. And I gave them away. Didn't make no money. Gave them away. Sorors were taking pictures, posting them on Facebook. Literally started getting orders right after that. The first time I wanted to do edible images, that's when Cosmo had his, shout out to Cosmo, Cosmo's cool down. When he what had, up, Cos? When he had his uh, pool party. Mm. I was like, yo, I really want to put something out there for my business. Do you mind if I make something? And I made the Oreos and I had um, his, I think he sent me his logo. I put the Cosmo's cool down and I made, I can't remember how many dozen. And I remember Mike came out, shout out to Mike. Mike came out with them on a tray. I actually have those pictures in my phone. And he was literally, music was playing. And he was serving them to people. And people like, what are these? You know? And it was a matter of, you're not making no money off of this. But you're setting up the money that's to come. You're creating exposure. And a lot of times, people don't want to hear that. They're like, well, no, I'm trying to make money. You're going to have to spend money to make money. It's like with you with podcasting. You have to... Get your equipment to make this podcast be all you want to be. Same thing with the shirts. You got to get your own equipment, machines. Mm-hmm. It'll pay for itself. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to spend a little money initially right. to get to where you want to get. And everything that I've gotten, it got paid for, you know, in due season, right. like very right. quickly. Right. So I think some people, when they think about all that you have to do before you get to the money, Right. That's what's going to define a lot. Because, yeah, you can think of a name and what you want to do, but how much are you willing to put into that before you start making a profit? Right. So we'll see. I think people, they got to, you can't just be chasing that money. You need to be thinking about doing this or spending this, taking time for this is going to get me to whatever down the line. Right. So does a side hustle ever take over? Is it ever number one? If I'm reading this book, do I. Do I come from that and say, 
or maybe when I start this side hustle and it's going, it can now become my main source. For some people, yes. I personally do not intend to make Amazing Occasions just be it. I know many people that have left corporate and that was their dream. And, you know, maybe they want to open up a shop, a boutique or whatever. For me personally, I love what I do my full time too much. But a lot of people, they realize that, you know, if things, you know, if I fall on hard times or if you're in a job that you do not love, you're like, you know what? I could straight up leave that and just be full, you know, rock with this till the wheels fall off and just do that and that be it. So a lot of people do. But me personally, I love my full time. Right. And I know a lot of people can't say that. And I hate it for them, but I love my job. Right, right, Every right. Every single day. Right. Um, when you were writing the book, what songs motivated you to kind of keep going? What songs on your mind? I'm trying to think. I listen to a lot of PJ Morton mm. at night. So, like, his um, live album that came out that had, like, Ready on there and, you know, Say um, Say So with mm-hmm. him and JoJo. So that's an album that I can play from beginning to end at night, just mm-hmm. nonstop. And it's just in the background. It doesn't distract me much. Um, when J. Cole's album came out, mm-hmm. um, 100 Mil is mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it makes me think about undergrad. For some mm-hmm. reason. Plus the first um what 95 South with having uh the you know the little John in the yeah. background they yeah. you know it took me right back to <laughs> the towers. You know, because little John was popping when yeah, we were in college. But yeah, but at night, yeah, more so the PJ Morton. Plus I'm also I've gotten to where I just, you know, I don't have the TV on as much because I'll just lock in, focus, and just grind. But as long as I have some type of sound in the background. But yeah, but the PJ Morton, that live album, and just a little bit of, you know, whatever. Mm. So that's where I'm at. Mm. Today is June the 21st. Yes. We have 193 days left in the 2021 year. Mm-hmm. What do you hope to attain in regards to the Side Hustler's Guide to, um, what do you hope success. to attain? To I want to have, I want to meet my goal by the end of this year. Right. I want to, um, once we get past July, I do know that that will be the time for back to school. You'll have Labor Day. You'll have Halloween. You'll have Thanksgiving. Mm. You'll have Christmas. The last part of the year will be busy. So I plan to grind in all capacities with amazing occasions and keep pushing the book, put it out there. I thought about possibly having it published so that it would be a hard copy um, eventually kind of i don't know i'll figure that part out i mean because it's written so it's just a matter of putting it out there in that way but definitely want to meet my goal and i'm already more than halfway to my goal so i'm i'm happy with that meeting your goal does that mean that you start book two or i thought about that i think what i usually would do once i make it past christmas like i'll cut off christmas orders probably like that week Mm. before Mm -hmm. that's when my mind starts to prepare for 2022. So I think in that moment when I'll have like time off from work and then have that break with amazing occasions, I probably would then start getting my gears going. But if something pops up in my mind along the way, cause I already kind of have an idea of a few chapters I want in there and I'll just, you know, go to my notes in my iPhone, put them in that way I can start formulating what that's going to look like when I get to that point. Right. So 
That's One thing that I always liked about um, your setup, your deal, mm-hmm. is that it um, amazing occasions is representative of something. So that, you know, you like for me was still visionary and I put it on shirts, but that's not necessarily the where the bread comes in at. Like, I don't make a lot of money selling my T-shirts yet. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's it's the fact of what I do for myself that I can mm-hmm. do for others. Yep. And I like the fact that with Amazing Occasions, you don't put it on shirts and you don't sell Amazing Occasions shirts. Why? Why is that? I really I have. It's, for me, the fulfillment is getting the reaction from my customers. Right. Like I have, I'll post stuff on social media and I have customers to say, oh my God, this is amazing. And I'm like, y'all made a made up word, like mm. an adjective, like really, like it really, I like to have my customers just be wowed mm. and feel fulfilled with having whatever product it is that I create bring life to whatever their event is. Right. So for me, I feel like the name speaks for itself. Right. Now, if somebody asks me, well, but also too, I don't want just anybody wearing my name, you know, wearing amazing mm. occasions. Cause I don't want you having amazing occasions on and you doing something that's not in a positive light. Cause mm. everything I try to do is positive and you kind of got to worry about that, which my prayer is that nobody would do that. But Hey, once I, Give it to you. I don't know what you're going to do with it. Right. But for me, the main thing is just to be able to have my stamp or my name, Amazing Occasions, on the products. Because word of mouth is everything. Right. So, oh, who made those? Right. Where'd you get those? And being able to pass on. Because I get so many customers from word of mouth just because, oh, and they'll be like, oh, I was at so-and-so's party. And at this point, like I have a younger cousin yesterday. She was talking about when I made some emoji Oreos for her. I literally forgot that I made those. Like I've made thousands of Oreos, mm. like no exaggeration for my s- chapter alone. I've had multiple times where I've made 200 plus Oreos. So I've literally made thousands and I'm at that point where I have work that I've done. And I don't even remember it because I've done so much, which is a good thing. Right. That's why I'm always taking pictures or whatnot. But I'm like, you probably would need to show me a picture of right. what I made because I've made so much since then. Right. But that makes me happy because there are treat makers, probably just about every neighborhood you go, there's somebody there that makes treats. Right. And I don't know all those people, but I know a lot of people know me. So right. that's what makes me happy. Mm, 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 mm. Yo, man, um, I'm, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I am proud of you mm, mm, when mm, you were mm. when you were setting all this up <laughs> hey, <laughs> it is real over here like to see the progression is crazy but it's a matter of finding what you love and are passionate about and rolling with it right just like with you when you came here two years ago you did not have this whole setup yeah and so yeah. when you like i mean i'm like <laughs> we got the lights we got the cameras we got but that's good but that's you and I, I talk about that in the book being able to you know you started off at a certain point you had certain equipment you knew what you wanted to get to so you mm. knew to get to that you might have to upgrade that equipment first so i talk about having a wish list i might have this right now but i'm gonna work towards getting this right because you could have would you have bought all this equipment and stuff that you got when you first started out um no, I'm not going to lie and say I would. No. 
Because just think about it. I mean, when you did episode one, did you know that you would get to episode 117? No. I know you probably hoped, but did Mm. you feel confident enough where it's like, I have to buy all this stuff? Because I know a lot of people, they'll buy a whole bunch of stuff. You look a couple months down the line, they're not doing nothing. No, I I didn't. That's a great question because when I started, all I knew was that I wanted to podcast. And I did not know what it took to stay committed, to stay involved, to stay up to date. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, as I as I matured in it, Mm -hmm. I realized what I wanted to sound like, what I wanted to look like and where I wanted to get. And so I had to to get the sound that you want. You got to get this equipment. Just I mean, same thing. I talk about that. Like you knew what basics you needed to get started. Right. But you knew eventually what you wanted to get to. So to get there. I might have to get this type of microphone. I might have to get this type of, you know, board and things of that nature. And I'm just talking, I'm like, you know, think about, okay, to start off, what do I need? Right. And once I start making a little money or, you know, seeing different ways I can do stuff, I intend to upgrade to mm. XYZ or whatever. Because even with the stuff you got, it's great, but it might be something else that's still on your list. Like right. eventually, just think about Greg with being a photographer. Mm-hmm. He started off with a particular camera, but like, I'm sure, no telling how many cameras he's gone through to get to where he is now. And probably as great as his photos and stuff are, he probably has something else he's looking to get. Cause you right. know, technology continues to evolve. Right. And so like, you just, you just have to figure out how can I start? What do I need to get to those next steps? And then making those moves when it's appropriate for you. Right. Because if you make them too soon, then you're like, ooh, right. I'm dipping into all my profits or whatever. Or, you know, you never know when a setback is going to come. So, right. but no, I'm I'm in awe. You got the sound effects. And right. I'm just like, we didn't no, have you, this you, two you, years you, ago. You, you've always had the. Nobody the knows who got the care <laughs> You speak for the, you speak for the, um, the teacher. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I got a side hustle and I want my side hustle to kind of take over. But if it's not, it's okay. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's fine. Yeah. It's Think, totally Keep going. Fine. Keep going. It's I got to play it in the background. It's, to- you know <laughs> it's totally fine. Like when it comes down to this side hustle game, like I'm like, I actually have another Sora. She has a paper business and she was like, I don't want to. People ask me, when am I going to quit? I don't want to quit my job. And that's totally fine. But if you're the one that want to grind and this where you can let go of your full time and you want to and you're mm-hmm. not forced to and you make a choice to, mm-hmm. do you. As for me and mine, I love my full time. I love mm-hmm. my salary job. And I'm just like, hey, I'm not going to let this good job go. Mm-hmm. As, mu- as long as I wanted it and I finally got it. Yeah. Oh, no. But I'm not letting go on amazing occasions either. That's my that's my baby. Yeah. It's a it's a stability mm-hmm. that, it get, that it brings. Yep. Every other Wednesday. Like clockwork, mm-hmm. salary job every other week. You Wednesday. already know. <laughs> that's the, that was the one thing about HISD that I did love. Cause, you know, I was there for seven and a half years. I loved that payday was every other Wednesday because mm. you never have to worry about a holiday falling on your payday unless mm. it's Christmas or New Year's mm-hmm. every seven years. So, hey, no mm. interruptions. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes when mm-hmm. you got them Friday checks and, you know, if the yeah. banks be closed and they're like, hold on, when is, when is coming? So, <laughs> That's, no, and that's the, but you know a lot of people that do side hustles they're not salary right so they are getting paid by the hour i remember whenever hurricane um ike came a lot of people had to hurry up and go back to work even though their power wasn't back on i was salary i was chilling we when we did your birthday right at the apartment right. remember that was me i, I 
huge salary. I'm right. Like, I'm getting paid. I don't yeah. got a rush back. We can be yeah. all What year was that? What year was that? That was in 08. Yeah, I wasn't teaching then. You weren't, no, you weren't teaching yet. I was, but uh, I, I was in my, oh wait, I was in my second full year of teaching. Right. And so we, you know, we still got paid. That I was at 2111, huh? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. Yeah, that's yeah. when we, we all, remember when we stayed in mm-hmm. Houston. Some people didn't stay. We're not going to mm-hmm. stay. Who. <laughs> <laughs> but we, you know, we, you know, we, and we, yeah. So, but I, I have a nice salary job that is a blessing and we pour into our people every single day and I absolutely love it mm. and I love my side hustle so hey they they work well together mm. I'm just uh, you know when you said that you had pre-sale it didn't matter when you would drop the book I was going to buy it thank you I, I just appreciate that. the level or the voice that you've provided for us mm-hmm. as educators like I said I think you were the first educator I knew and then I think that Jeff was an educator before and then KI was one yeah I remember when you were talking about taking your exam. Mm-hmm. I remember you were like, I remember you were saying, well, I was always good in math. I was like, uh-uh. I'm like, that ain't enough. Yeah. It's like that certification exam, ain't, it ain't so just because, you're right. it ain't because you're just good in math. You're right. I'm like, that, t- that test a little different. I remember that conversation and I went and took that test and got, got worked. See, and I'm telling you, I tell people when you take certification exams for education, when you come out, all you can say is, I did my best. Right. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know if you passed or not. I did my best. That was the best. hardest test I've ever taken I'm in my life. I'm telling you, they, Every single one of them, when I came out, I could not guarantee I passed. And mm. I wrote for um, ETS. And so when you write them, I mean, they don't, as educators, your tests don't need to be easy. You, it doesn't need to be easy to become an educator. Because mm. you're responsible for teaching our youth. And this those tests are hard. But I remember yeah. you were going into teaching and you were like, well, I was like, what do you, you say? I think it was what, the math 6 through 12? 7 through it? 12. Yeah, and you were like, well, I was good in math and I, I got all 8. I'm like, Mm-mm, that ain't enough. Yeah, it wasn't about pedagogy and content. Mm -hmm. It's just like, like, all right, good luck with that. And I was at Waltrip, um, 2014. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to be tutoring kids. I was like, y'all can do what y'all want to do. I was combing through that book. I'm telling, it's no joke. (laughs) I tell people, I'm like, "Mm -hmm." and now they have it where you have to in Texas, you have to pass it within so many tries. Mm. I was, I was like, ain't playing with y'all. Yeah. And that's a whole nother story. Because when yeah. it comes to educators, a lot of people have test anxiety. Right. And that test is what keeps them from being a full-time teacher record in the right. classroom. Right. But, I mean, right. but they're tough. They're hard. Right. I tell people, I'm like, hey, that's a certification. When you get certified as a teacher, you better keep that up because you worked hard to get that. Right. So and I want to come back. What would you say? Not so, they look at you how many years later. Yeah. Going into what year? Um, Seven. This is seven. It was going. This is going to be year seven. I remember that, that was seven years ago. It don't seem like it's been that long, but because right. I've coached, I've coached five years, but I taught algebra two, algebra one, two, two years, mm-hmm. algebra two, four years, and I'm going back to algebra one. They need somebody strong on the team. You, as a black male in education, there y'all are like less than like right at two percent of all educators are black males. Mm. So in areas like math and science, like they need to see black men that mm. are teaching mm. and no content. So you are valuable. We appreciate you. Thank you. I think that uh, I want to come back sometime in August mm-hmm. and do a podcast with educators. Just oh, kicking the absolutely. shit. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? If you, if you want to get a panel, yeah, let me know because I have some bomb educators. Okay. I, 
with TQRP, we have, to me, it's the best professional development teacher program in the country. No exaggeration. Just because, you know, I was in education for a while. I done been to some trash PDs, and I know what people are experiencing, but, like, that would be dope. Like, just to kind of talk about stuff before the school year kicks off. Right. We can make that happen. No doubt. Uh, Most importantly, the last question I would ask is, what's next? What's next for Ashley is grinding through the month of July because work Mm. is super busy, but in a good way. And definitely preparing for the second half of 2021 for Amazing Occasions. Mm. Um, Publicizing the book and really preparing my mind for the grind that is to come because I plan on Staying no, saying no when I need to, but grinding for the rest of this year and ending the year strong. Okay. Okay. Do you want this episode to drop this Saturday or next Tuesday? Let's do Tuesday. Perfect. Houston, Texas, you already know what time it is. It's your boy John Ross Dyke the first. This is my homegirl, my sister Ashley Odom. Amazing occasion. She just wrote a book. You need to go cop that book. We'll have that link in the description. I do what I do for myself to prove that I could do it for others. Peace and blessings. This is episode 117. Let's go. Yo, I feel like 95. Still in the next box.